Hey friend, welcome back to today's episode of the Smart Productive Mom Podcast. If you are new here, my name is Lucretia and I help moms of littles create more time, energy, and peace using simple habits and realistic routines. So today's episode, we are talking about sensory overload and why it could be what it's really causing you to feel overwhelmed. So today I want to help you understand what could be triggering you to go into the sensory overload, which is telling your brain that it's overwhelmed all of the time. So let's dive into that. Welcome to the Smart Productive Mom Podcast. My name is Lucretia, and I want to help you be more productive and present without stressing about housework. I'm spilling all the tea on how to take that overwhelm out of motherhood, so let's dive into all the juicy goodness. Here's the deal. Most of the time, you're constantly caring for your children and not taking any time for yourself. You're beyond burnt out, and you have no choice but to keep going. Eventually, you get to the point where you don't even like your husband touching you because you're so touched out by the end of the evening. And even though it doesn't feel like it, you are doing a great job. You're not alone. You've got this. We are all in this together. So last week, I told you about how I was slacking on my anchor habits and I felt overwhelmed. And if you don't know what anchor habits are, go ahead and listen to last week's episode and they will help you create more time and space into your day and make time for yourself. But I was slacking on my anchor habits and the baby was crying. My three-year-old is yelling, climbing, jumping, laughing, crying, everything three-year-olds do. The dog is barking and my husband is just talking to me like there's nothing going on around us. Like he's just having a normal everyday conversation. That is what gets my brain to feel overwhelmed And that overwhelm is called sensory overload or overstimulation. Let's go into what it means to be overstimulated. So overstimulation or sensory overload is when your senses take in more information than your brain can process. So that means there are too many sounds, too many smells, too many lights, just too much of everything. And your brain is having a hard time figuring it all out and trying to process everything that's going on because there's so much happening at one time. And maybe I just described your everyday life. (laughs) That's totally normal. That's why you're here. I get what you're going through. (laughs) So let's go into the common causes of sensory overload. So one cause of sensory overload is lights. And of course, these go with your five senses. So too many lights, so bright lights, fluorescent fluorescent lights, flashing light, all the lights, they're all overwhelming. I know that we have one light, it's like a recess light, or I don't know, it looks like a spotlight is on you whenever I'm sitting on the couch. And that light instantly gives me a headache anytime that it's on. So I make sure that no one turns that light on because it's so bright and it shines right on the couch and it just makes my head hurt. And it actually took me a little bit to figure out that the light was what was causing my head to hurt because it seemed so trivial. Like I wouldn't think that a light would give me a headache, but that was actually what's causing what was causing it. And since we've stopped turning that light on, I have stopped getting the headaches now in the evening whenever I would get my headache every evening because we would turn that light on every evening. So if you are noticing that any something like that is going on, like you're getting a headache every evening, 
start looking around your surroundings and what could be triggering your sensory overload. And then when it, with the bright lights, they are especially triggering when they're paired with loud music or large crowds of people. So this could be going out for a night on the town, having like a girl's night. That could be triggering for you because there's so many things going on and your brain is having difficulty trying to process everything that's happening. So lights are the first cause of sensory overload. The second cause would be loud noises and that's especially if they're coming from multiple sources aka motherhood. (laughs) So whenever you have a kid over here crying and a kid over here laughing hysterically super loud like they're the only person in the house and then you have a husband trying to talk to you and tell you about their day and then you have the dog barking because there's a squirrel climbing up the tree and your brain is just completely overwhelmed. And don't worry, I am going to tell you at the end of this episode how I bring myself back down when I am in the midst of a sensory overload and what things I do to try to limit the sensory overload. So don't worry about that. For now, we are going to keep talking about the causes. So the next cause of sensory overload could be certain textures. Now, this could be things like food that are slimy, mushy, rubbery, like mushrooms. I know I have love-hate relationship with mushrooms. It really depends on how they're cooked, if I'm able to eat them or not. And whenever I'm doing my daughter's hair, whenever her hair gets on my hands, even my own hair, when I'm doing my own hair and my hair, I have some shedding and it gets on my hands, it just grosses me out. And I don't, I don't know why, even if it's my own hair, it just grosses me out to have that texture and the hair wrapped around my fingers. And so if you have anything like that, that could be a cause of sensory overload for you. And then the last cause would be crowded spaces. So this is just large crowds that can be very overwhelming for you because there's so many different people to watch. There's so many noises coming from everywhere, so many sounds coming from everywhere. So large crowds can very easily overload your senses. Whenever you are in the midst of a sensory overload, it could feel like you want to cover your ears or cover your eyes. You could feel anxious, irritable, like you're really snappy at everyone. And it's just because your your senses are overloaded, you're feeling overwhelmed, you're overstimulated. So it's not that they're doing anything wrong. It's not that you're doing anything wrong. There's just a lot going on and a lot for your brain to process. So that is what could be making you really snappy and irritable with your family. You could feel fidgety, like if you're constantly shaking your leg or tapping your fingernail on the table or something like that. Um, And then you could just feel exhausted physically and mentally. Like you just feel like you're so burnt out, like you just need to escape, take a break and get away from everything. So if you are feeling any of those things, that is okay. We've all been there and we're all working through it. So now let's talk about what the difference is between being overstimulated and overwhelmed. Overwhelmed is when you feel like there's too much to manage or too much to do. So this is like a to-do list, which I have an episode coming up about to-do lists a little later, but this is like your to-do list where you just jot down every single thing that you've been wanting to get done for the last 17 years, right? Like that's why they're so overwhelming because we just put down every little thing that we want to get done. And then we get overwhelmed because there's too many things to get done. So that is what it is to be overwhelmed. 
overstimulated is when your senses are overwhelmed. So it is possible to be overstimulated and overwhelmed at the same time. Whenever you are in sensory overload, your senses are trying to process a lot and that can feel overwhelming. So that's why it's possible to be overwhelmed and overstimulated at the same time. Now let's talk about who gets overstimulated because not everyone feels overstimulated and that is great for them. But for people like us, we do get sensory overload where we are overstimulated. So anyone can be overstimulated, children and adults. So studies have shown that one in every six children have sensory processing difficulties, meaning that at some point their senses get overloaded and they have a hard time processing everything that is going on around them. Most commonly, sensory overload is seen in people who are considered highly sensitive. And highly sensitive has a negative connotation because people think like you're an emotional wreck, but that's not what it means. I mean, it could mean that you're a very emotional person, but what it really means is that you are sensitive to the things going on around you and within you. This means that you are sensitive to loud noises, bright lights, strong smells, anything like that that could overload your senses. That's why they say a highly sensitive person. So not everyone that has sensory overload is considered a highly sensitive person, but here are a few common traits of highly sensitive people. So if you are quick to feel negative emotions such as sadness or anxiety, then that could mean that you are a highly sensitive person. If you become overwhelmed with physical stimuli, so these are things like sound, light, smells, then that is another sign. If you're easily overwhelmed by large crowds, if you often worry about what others think of you, or if you have a hard time letting things go and receiving feedback about yourself, those are all traits of people who are considered highly sensitive. And there is a quiz on hsperson.com where you can answer a few questions to see if you're possibly a highly sensitive person, but there is no medical test to determine for sure if you're a highly sensitive person or not. So this is like the closest thing we have to determining if you fit these qualities or not. And whenever I took the quiz, I think the score is like a 14 and above, then you're considered a highly sensitive person. And my score was a 23. So definitely, if you think you have a few of these traits, go on to hsperson.com and take the little quiz and see whatever your score is. And it's not like you're going to do anything with the results, but it's just something that's nice to know about yourself so you can know what your triggers are and try to figure out ways to reduce them and help you cope. And speaking of coping with your overstimulation or your sensory overload, here are a few ways that I have found that help me whenever I am in the midst of sensory overload. So one thing that I like to do is to listen to music, listen to a podcast, watch YouTube videos, anything that will help me zone out and kind of forget about everything that's going on around me. So that is the first way. The second way is I like to walk outside or remove myself from the situation. And I know some moms feel like this makes them a bad mom if they you know, don't attend to their child. So if your child is crying and that is what is triggering you to feel very overwhelmed, 
then it is okay to leave them in a safe space, grab the baby monitor, and remove yourself from that situation. I did that whenever my first daughter was little. She was crying and I was doing all the things that I knew how to do and I just couldn't get her to stop crying and I needed a mental break. I just needed a second of silence so I could regroup and go back in to figure out what was wrong with her. So I just put her in a safe space. I grabbed the baby monitor and I just walked outside for a little bit and I got some fresh air, I took some deep breaths, and then I went back in and we tried to figure out what was going on with her, which eventually we always figure out what's wrong with them or we figure out how to get them to calm down enough to stop crying. So if you've had to do that, that's okay. It doesn't make you a bad mom. We've all been triggered by crying at some point and it does get very overwhelming very quickly. And the third way that I bring myself back down whenever I am in the midst of sensory overload is to take a shower or sit in a hot bath and just relax while my husband is out there wrangling the kiddos. And then the last way that I have found to be effective for me is to just take some deep breaths. And most of the time I do this while I'm outside, but if I'm not able to get outside to take some deep breaths, I will just try to find somewhere in the house that's quiet and just breathe, focus on my breathing, take some deep breaths, focus on blowing out and try to calm myself down. And then I'm able to go back out into the living room or wherever the chaos is. That is like my least favorite, honestly. If I can't like really just get away from them and like really zone out and regroup, like mentally regroup, um, that's my favorite way is to just kind of get away from the situation, leave them with my husband or just leave them in a safe space where I can watch them with the baby monitor. But those are the four ways that I have found to be the most effective whenever I need to ground myself when there's way too much going on. Now let's talk about the four different ways that I limit overstimulation so that I try not to even go there in the first place. So the first way is I try to make time for myself. And this is why my anchor habits are so important and why I did an episode about it last week on how to implement them into your day because this is what helps me feeling balanced, helps me to feel more in control of my time and whatever is going on around me. So my anchor habits are very important to me. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode about anchor habits, go ahead and listen to that after you listen to this episode so you can figure out why they are so important. And if you want to start implementing the anchor habits into your day, that is where the time blocking blueprint comes into place because this will help you create structure without creating an hour by hour schedule, which can feel very overwhelming because as moms with littles, we easily get overwhelmed trying to stick to a super strict schedule and by like 9am <laughs> schedules like out the window because little humans are unpredictable. So that's why the time blocking blueprint is the only time blocking method designed for moms with littles that will help you create a lot of flexibility within your day but you'll also get that structure that you are craving and that you are wanting so you can you know do these fun things with your kids not waiting to the last minute to go to the store you know, you're not having all the laundry built up and now you're overwhelmed because there's so many piles of clean laundry to put away. So the time blocking blueprint helps you structure your day so that you have time for fun things you want to do while also making time for the not so fun things that we have to get done. And then in order to keep 
with the structure that you have created within your time blocks, you have to set boundaries. So this is the second strategy that I like to use to limit my overstimulation. And whenever I'm setting my boundaries, it's important to know that the boundaries are there to protect you from yourself. So this is just meaning that whenever you set your boundaries, you're helping protect the present version of you from the future version of you. So one boundary that I have is with my social media usage. It's so easy for me to get sucked into social media and then I've wasted the whole day. That's why I like to set my app limits. And I think that is in episode five of how I limit my time on social media. But one of them is by using app limits. I only have one hour per day and I put the time that I'm going to use my phone within my time blocks. So I do 15 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes during my work block, and then 15 minutes in the evening. And that is my hour of screen time. And that includes my social media and me checking my email. So that is a boundary that I have set for myself so that I'm not wasting a lot of time and getting overloaded with everything that's going on on social media. Now, whenever you are setting boundaries with someone else, it's very important to over communicate what you want to happen. So don't just expect someone to know how you want to be treated. So don't just expect someone to show up on time to your lunch date, or don't just expect your husband to know to take out the trash whenever you think it's full enough to take out, or don't just expect your kids to sit out in the living room on their tablets while you work. It's very important to over-communicate what you expect from people and what you how you want to be treated basically don't just expect them to know and the third way that i have found effective for managing my overstimulation or limiting it is to journal and i try to journal every morning as part of my morning routine and i journal as if the day has already happened so every entry starts with i'm so grateful that blank so for example I'm so grateful that whenever my daughter was crying, even though I felt frustrated, I was able to take some deep breaths and calm myself down. I'm so grateful that I didn't have to rush out to the store to go find something last minute to eat for dinner. I already had it planned and I knew exactly what we were going to eat. And that made me feel less stressed throughout my day and I was able to manage everything better. So that's the format that I like to use when I'm journaling. And keep in mind that I'm writing this at like seven in the morning. So none of this stuff has happened, but I'm mentally preparing myself for the day and I'm speaking as if it already happened. And that just kind of helps me prepare for the things that are going to happen throughout the day. Like I know that my daughter is going to cry. And so I'm mentally preparing myself for that and I'm kind of grounding myself and just, you know, waiting for when it does happen, I can keep my cool and I won't let it be a trigger for me. And then the last strategy that I like to use to limit sensory overload is to speak with my coach. So the difference between a therapist or a life coach is that therapy mostly focuses on the past and working through past trauma. Meanwhile, coaching focuses on the future and helps you realize your own strengths. So that is the difference really between coaching and therapy. And I have a coach that I work with and we just do some mindset things that help me figure out the ways that my brain works and how I'm able to kind of control or more control my thoughts and emotions so that I can 
create the results that I want to create for my life. Definitely having a therapist or some type of coach that you can speak with is definitely very helpful so you can get an outside perspective. So now that you know what sensory overload is and how it can be triggering you, I want you to start intentionally designing your days to help you limit your sensory overload. So this could be building in quiet time for your kids or making time for your hobby or your business, having a regular break built into your day or week where you're able to get out of the house get a childcare, a babysitter, whatever, and you can just have time alone. Make yourself a priority so you're not waiting until you are overloaded and then you're kind of having to backtrack and reground yourself. So take the initiative and stop the triggers before they start as much as possible. So that is what I want you to work on during this week. And remember that the time blocking blueprint will help you create simple routines and habits for yourself and your family so you can limit sensory overload. So if you're wanting to add more structure, you want to add more time for yourself, you want to make time for your business, you want to have quiet time for your kids, definitely check out the time blocking blueprint and see how that can be possible for you. And I will see you on next week's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Smart Productive Mom podcast. If you found this information helpful, please leave a written review so more moms can find this show. And if you want to connect with the super moms in this community, come hang out with us in the Smart Productive Mom Facebook group. I can't wait to connect with you. See you there.